On this episode, I absolutely demolish Pastor Richard at Bible B and name that false Christ. Stable Talk Radio, stay tuned. And lying. A radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. You know, but if the busboy at that restaurant and you're there simply to clear tables and you notice that there's people that aren't coming in, it's not your job to start changing aspects of the restaurant because it's not your restaurant. So the question is, is whose church is it? I mean, if it's right. if it's our church, then we better get busy and start doing all these things because it's up to us to, quote, grow the church. But if it's right. the Lord's church, he's the one who gets to call the shots. Did you hear what it says? The church is not a monster with two heads. There's only one head, Jesus and Peter. <laughs> wait a minute. Like, wait a minute. That's Hold the- on. I can count. <laughs> Jesus, one. <laughs> Peter, two. Outsourcing talent on today's edition of Table Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us. We are joined by Pastor Matt Richard, who's pastor at Zion Lutheran Church in Winter, North Dakota, and also author of the brand new book, Will the Real Jesus Please Stand Up? Welcome, Pastor Richard. Hey, it's good to be here. So uh, we're going to have a little fun today. We're going to play some Bible Bee. We're going to be talking about your new book. I'm real excited about this. But first, um, Pastor Wolfmiller has an abundance of buzzwords that he wants to pass around to everybody. Do I ever. <laughs> so uh, he probably, as we speak, is uh, uh, leading people across Germany in a aimless way, probably oh, getting yeah, lost. Because right. we're pre-recording, so this Saturday we leave. Woo! For I, I think about it and I go, oh, going to Germany in a couple. Anyway, I so I have a Germany themed set of buzzwords for you. The first one is Protestant. The word Protestant apparently came out of the Diet of Spire, the first Diet of Spire, which happened in 1526, which softened the Edict of Worms 1521, uh, which basically made the Lutherans outlaws. And the Diet of Spire kind of loosened that up, and that's where you get the how does that go, Curio? Religio, curio, I'll find it here. Anyway, that means the um, the the religion of the of the prince or the religion of the ruler is the religion of the land. So it allowed for a little time for the for the Lutherans to be um, legal. Cuius regio, ius religio. That's the term. The ruler of the territory is the ruler of religion within its bounds, uh, and so it's out of that first diet. A diet of Spire, Spire 1, 1526, that comes the Edict of Spire, which allows Lutherans to be legal, and there is where we get the term Protestantism. Ah, very interesting. So I'm going to give you these options for buzzwords, okay? Now, now did this, is uh, this what kind of created the occasion for the uh, Augsburg Confession? Well, sort of, because then there's a second Diet of Spire in 1529 that undoes it, which is a lead-up to the Diet of Augsburg, which is 1530. So that's all happening, all right there in the same thing. Now, Augsburg is not—Spire and Worms are right next to each other. Right, They're kind of south of Frankfurt, so we go to see them in one day. Oh, yeah, and so if you're jealous because you're like, man, I wish I was in Germany, well, you should come in September. See how that goes? See oh, so this is another shameless plug. Okay. I, shameless plug. I probably wouldn't have been listening so long if I knew that. 
Now the I want to give you I'm going to give you these buzzwords. Then you can you can use Protestantism as a buzzword. You can use the Diet of Spire as a buzzword. You could use the Edict of Spire as a buzzword, or you can use that phrase that I told you before: "Cuius regio, ius religio." Now, can um, Pastor Richard chime in on some of these buzzword oh, points? Yeah. All right. So, if you work that in in the conversation, Pastor Richard. Buzzword <laughs> points are all yours. All right, we're going to play some Bible B. The way this works is we have three rounds. I read uh, three verses in the first round, two verses in the second round, and one verse in the third round. Uh, points available, 100, 200, 300 for each round, respectively. And uh, then uh, talk about law and gospel on this verse. Some bonus points will be available if you correctly diagnose law or gospel. And uh, Pastor Rich will put you forward first if you're ready. Sounds good. All right. Well, your three verses are this. But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Well, so I'm just supposed to guess right now? Yeah, you have to kind of hone in on yeah, what, yeah. what book that might be from. You know, your best guess. You know, we don't have, we don't expect right. you to be perfect or anything. All right. Well, that sounds that sounds very Pauline. So, uh, the Apostle Paul. I'm I'm thinking Romans chapter three. Oh man, look, he's going for the bonus. <laughs> <laughs> well, I t- you know, Brian, I told him I said I I would do this uh, the Bible challenge here as long as he gave me softball questions and gave you all the hard ones. <laughs> oh, I forgot so. I'm supposed to do that. Oops. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I bet he forgot totally. Man, I've been, you know, like all night last night, I was sweating and worried about this challenge. But I thought, no, Evan's got my back. He's gonna give well, me a bunch of softball ones. I got. I've, someday I'm gonna have to read Esther <laughs> for the interpretation of this game. What do you think yeah. on that verse for law and gospel? Boy, well, you know, it, it definitely uh, kind of that Romans chapter three is kind of the crossroads of law and gospel. Uh, the first couple chapters, he talks really about the wrath of God, and then he makes the transitional point in chapter three. So um, you kind of have a transition of, of going from the law to the gospel. But uh, overall, the, the overall theme is definitely going to be very gospel-ish uh, in that passage. All right, very good. I'll give you uh, 100 points for getting the verse and an extra 500 points for Law Gospel, bringing you to a total Whoa. of 600 points so far. Whoa. <laughs> Pastor. I've never seen the points come out so fast. I've got an uphill climb. All right. I wonder if this is a rigged system here, man. No. No, no everything's very fair, balanced <laughs> on table talk, as we're about to see with my round here, I'm sure. <laughs> Are you ready, Pastor Wolf Miller? Oh, yeah. I was born ready. All right. Thus it shall be done for each bull or ram, and for each lamb or young goat. As many as you offer, so you shall do for each one, as many as there are. Each native Israelite shall do these things in this way, an offering, a food offering, which uh, with a pleasing aroma um, to the Lord. And if a stranger is sojourning with you, or anyone is living permanently among you, and he wishes to offer a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord, he shall do uh, as you do. What are they supposed to do? You didn't tell me what they're supposed to do. That's the tough part. Okay. <laughs> okay. This sounds Old Testamenty. It sounds. It sounds like. Um, in fact, this is going to be part of the Levitical code, the code of sacrifice, or what we sometimes call the 
the ceremonial law of the Old Testament. Remembering that the Old Testament law has three parts, moral, civil, and ceremonial. The moral is the, the Ten Commandments part, most of them. Uh, the ceremonial is has to do with the worship, and that's all prophetic, pointing to the to the atonement that Christ would win on the cross. The the civil has to do with um, living their lives together. Ceremonial also has to do with how the people are set apart. What's really interesting about this verse that you mentioned is it talks about not only how the Israelites are supposed to offer their sacrifices, but also how the strangers, the permanent strangers and the uh, temporary strangers, are also supposed to participate in the worship life of Israel. That's really fantastic. Now, this could be basically any of the Sinai instructions. So that would extend from the giving of the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20, all the way through Leviticus, all the way through the first half of Numbers, like Numbers 12 is when they leave the mountain. Or it could be uh, Moses' preaching of these things when he repristinates it in Deuteronomy. Now, I was at first led to Deuteronomy because one of the marks of Deuteronomy, at least in my reading of it, is that it has this kind of hones in on the specificity of Israel and how to treat the strangers and whatnot. But uh, but I'm for whatever reason I'm kind of off that, and I think this is going to be now. I think the natural thing to guess would be Leviticus. So I think you're setting me up by giving me a very Leviticus sounding text, but that it comes from the second book of Moses, commonly called Exodus. That's going to be what is Exodus? It's all right. Um, you were close though. Um, what sounded like Leviticus was actually Numbers. Numbers chapter 15, to be exact. Oh, man. See, look, I knew you were—I see, I was right. Didn't I have that good instinct that you were trying to set me up for Leviticus? (laughs) I wonder if those exact words are actually spoken in Exodus, which, wouldn't I get points for that? Uh, No. Anyway. Uh, Well, we have a standing rule that if you don't correctly guess the book of the Bible, you do not get credit for law gospel. However, for the fun of it, Pastor Wolf Miller, a little pro bono work, a uh, lot well, possible on this. Yeah, so there's two ways to—I mean, you got to look at this in both ways. So first, it is law, and the New Testament will talk about all of the ordinances and um, all of the specific instructions that were given to the Old, Old Testament, Old Covenant people as a burden, and, it, and it's a legal burden, uh, so it's law. But, but the purpose of it is the establishment of the uh, temple— and the um, the delivering of the atonement, so that the the death and resurrection of Jesus is brought to the people there through the blood. Uh, it's it's preached in the blood of the um, of the bulls and the goats, and so it's law, but it's for the purpose of preaching the gospel. Okay, well that would be a correct answer. However, zero points. So the score right now is Pastor Matt Richard with six hundred Table Talk Radio points to Pastor Wolf Miller's goose egg zero. We need to take a break, and when we uh, come back, we'll continue the game of Bible Bee. Also, we're going to be talking with Matt Richard about his brand-new book called Will the Real Jesus Please Stand Up? Fascinating book, and I think yes, you're, you're going to like it. Yes, you guys got to buy this book. It's fantastic. It's going to be good stuff. Uh, if you want to give us a call by anything you hear, or let's say you have some church signs or bumper stickers laying around you think we need to know about, you can give us a call, 1-800-385-7652, one 385 sola you can also send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. Questions at tabletalkradio.org. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. We will be right back. 
Are you playing bump music? Earplugs not included. You're on Table Talk Radio. Hey, daily devotions for your family. Around the Word is found at whatdoesthismean.org. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Pastor Wilson, you can't hear it, but the bump music is amazing. Really. Oh, yeah? It I sounds like this. Something like that. Let's take a look at the Table Talk Radio scoreboard. Pastor Matt Richard with 600 Table Talk Radio points. And Pastor Wilson there well on the with zero. And it's time All for round two. <laughs> Time for round two of Bible B. And Pastor Richard, here's your one verse. Wives, be subject to your husbands as to the Lord. Okay. Um, that's going to be... Matt, that's his favorite verse. That was his confirmation <laughs> verse. <laughs> yeah, you gave you know, him... Every morning I wake up and I roll over and I look at my wife and I quote that verse, right? <laughs> <laughs> um that's going to be the Apostle Paul in uh, the Epistle of uh, Ephesians, um, the later parts of Ephesians, where he talks about mutual submission between um, husband and wife out of reverence for Christ. Uh, some, yeah, Ephesians chapter 5, 21. It starts in verse 21, 20, 20, 21 in that area. So, uh, yeah, Ephesians 5, the Apostle Paul. That's correct. Uh, Ephesians five twenty-two is where it starts. So what would you think about that one as far as law and or gospel well boy it, it definitely you know wives submit to your husband out of the context of the lord so i i think you know that's definitely going to be law but also in the context though i mean if you go back to verse 20 it says out of reverence for christ in light of who christ is and how he has redeemed us and uh set us free to uh, serve one another so boy i i would say definitely law but yet at the same time uh, it is it is instituting a proper order of how things are to be. I mean, you think about that. The 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 man is to to die for his wife, which is definitely law, but it's gift to the wife. Um, and so I would go law, you know, definitely law, but it's almost like a third use, uh, a third function of the law uh, for the for the woman towards the man. All right, indeed. So for correctly naming Ephesians, I'll give you two hundred table talk radio points. And again, for dealing law and or gospel, I will give you an additional 500 Table Talk Radio points. Uh, bringing you, boy, I'm having a hard time with all this math here. Seven, yeah, yeah, sounds like a... 1,300 Table Talk Radio points. All right, Pastor Wolfman, are you ready for your one verse clue? Oh, yeah. Oh, am I ever. Well, um... I am uh, sticking with the theme here. So your verse is oh, no. also about wives. Oh. Um, uh, behold, the Lord will bring a great plague on your people, your children, your wives, and all your possessions. Ah, great. <laughs> behold. I like the behold at the front part. Like... <laughs> Like, if the Lord says that, you're not going to be paying attention, you know? What? <laughs> what did he say? Something about plague? What? I'm going to hear it one more time, though. i got to try to get the tenor of this warning. Behold, um, 
The Lord will bring a great plague on your people, your children, your wives, and all your possessions. Okay, now now this is a, somewhat tricky because there's there's a couple. This is definitely sounds Old Testamently testamenty to me because remember the old covenant was a conditional covenant mostly, and that is that the people if they followed the Lord's law they would be blessed and if they did not they would be cursed and that and those blessings and those cursings follow a certain pattern. There's deprivation and then destruction and de- deportation and. And this, and the, the Lord will warn the people about this a lot. Now, the prophets will, and and the major preaching of this is going to be in Deuteronomy. Uh, the 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 trouble is that the prophets pick up on this preaching and bring it back to the people. They they bring back. They're preaching on Moses all the time, and so they're 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 um they're preaching these warnings often. So, so my first inclination is to say this could be Deuteronomy, the preaching of Moses. But then I think no, it with the behold there, they see the behold is throwing me off. I think it might be the preaching of the prophets later, bringing back the same warning that Moses first preached. Um, now, when would that have happened? It would have been, for example, um, during two of the major times of trouble, uh, when um, uh, you know when the when the Assyrians are coming. So, well, 722, when the Babylonians are coming, 586, that the, that the Lord is going to be warning the people. You know, the other place it could be is Joshua, where he's repeating the things that Moses said in Deuteronomy. Um, I'm going to go ahead and guess. Go, I'm going to go with my first instinct and say, what is the fifth book of Moses, commonly called Deuteronomy? And... <clears throat> Right, let me just let me just update the scoreboard. Why you zero? Okay. Um, no, this was actually from the book of Second Chronicles. Oh, you Second you Chronicles. were close though. I mean, you were like right there in the same testament. <laughs> what is this like? Uh, a Second Chron? Is this Isaiah or is this some priest? Second uh, Chronicles twenty. This is uh, where jo- uh, Jeroboam reigns in Judah. And um, chapter chapter twenty one. So you don't know what's going on there either, huh? So I <laughs> I think this is the, the, the I was I mean it's it's an amazing point to make about this, and this is maybe the point already made is that the the prophets preached from Moses. So you have these warnings uh, uh, from Moses. In fact, you probably, if you look at the cross references, you'll see a little link to Moses chapter Deuteronomy thirty-two or something like that, where these uh, warnings are given, and then the prophets bring them back. And it's definitely, definitely law. Okay, well that's nice. Okay, um, <laughs> in ra- <laughs> in round three, you only get one word. And uh, I think uh, Pastor Richard is up for the challenge. And uh, are you ready, Pastor Richard? I sure am. Yep. All right. Your one word clue that is only used one time in the entire Bible is the word Jude. <laughs> um. Well, yeah. Um. I'm just trying to think. The Epistle of Jude, but um. Boy, does it? Yeah, does the Epistle of Jude actually use you know his 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 name Jude there in the Epistle? Um, boy, boy, and I, uh, man, I you know I'm trying to think where else. 
Very, I wouldn't. Uh, no, never mind. I'm not giving you. <laughs> <one. laughs> yeah. What do you think, Pastor Wolf? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um, yeah. New New Testament. I would I would assume. Um, boy, I'm. Uh, well, we'll just we'll throw Jude out. I boy, I don't know. I I don't think it is, but let's just throw Jude out. Uh, so is that your final answer? Final answer. I I know it's probably not right. It is right, in fact. Jude. Okay. Yeah, Jude 1 says, Jude, a bond servant of Jesus Christ oh, yeah, and brother yeah, yeah, of James. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So, <laughs> congratulations. Yeah, don't overthink it. Well, no, I know that was such a simple. It's like, you know, but, the, you know, we know the whole system's rigged, you know, because you're getting all the tough questions here, and I'm getting the, uh, the he's lobbing I them pre- in for I, me to I, walk I, out of the park. I appreciate that you feel that way. <laughs> so I'm like, it can't be that simple, you know. <laughs> All right, so now, thinking, that's yeah, always a little ahead. a little tough with long gospel. Let me give you a little more context for some law gospel. Um, Judah, bond servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. May mercy and peace and love be multiplied to you. Yeah, you know, when all the epistles, when they open up, they usually introduce themselves, and then they always uh, give a nice uh, cordial greeting to them, and they they impart uh, God's blessing upon the people. And, uh, you know, definitely with that word bondservant, that's that's, uh, being, you know, purchased and redeemed under Christ. And so this is all gospel. This is a very, um, you know, very, very cordial, very kind, very gracious uh, way of opening the letters that they they typically do. Um, And so I'd say very much gospel. Well done, and for that excellent explanation, I will give you 500 Table Talk Radio points, bringing your total to 1,900 Table Talk Radio points. I don't know if anybody has ever gotten 1,900 Table Talk Radio points. Well, if if they did, they were playing against you. Take it easy. I'm ready. I'm double. I'm double or nothing on this one. I'm gonna go. You're gonna double up zero. Daily double. (laughs) Double or nothing on zero points. I'm gonna risk all my points. All right, uh, let's see. How about... Oh, no, you get that one. Let me pick a different yeah, one. Yeah, I would. <laughs> um, that one I'd get, too. That one I'd get. Just do that one. All right, how about this one? All right, that's I'm, the one I wanted. I'm going to fact check it with my uh, software here, make sure it really is the only use. Oh, it's not even coming up. Um, okay, here's one. <laughs> it's not even coming up, so he's going to give that one to you. It's not even. Yeah. It's not from the Bible. It's from the Diet of Spire. <laughs> oh, I caught that, by the way. Hey. Oh. All right. I I'm... guess that's my own buzzword. I can't get points that way either. I'm kind of right. in the dark over here. Your one-word clue is the word mash. M-A-S-H. Mash? Mm-hmm. Can you use it in the sentence in, in, to tell me if it is referring to a noun, like <laughs> food that you would eat, or a verb, something you would do to an enemy's face? I don't know. Is that saying too much? No. You, you don't have to tell me the sentence. You have to use it in another <laughs> sentence. Um, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the uh, – uh, I'll use it in a sentence, and all then right. I'll, let, I'll give you the break to think about it because we're coming up on a break. All right. And uh, I'll use a sentence. The sentence is, hello, my name is Mash. <laughs> <laughs> <Nuh-uh>. <laughs> All 
It's a name? All right. We're going to take a break. When we get back from this break, we'll see what Pastor Wolfner comes up with for this round three. And then we'll be talking about the book, Will the Real Jesus Please Stand Up? Don't go away. You like this song, Pastor Wolfman? For those times when you just want to be alone, this is Table Talk Radio. The daily Bible meditation blog is at rightlydividedbible.wordpress.com, where three chapters of the Bible are considered each day. Check it out. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio, where Pastor Wolfman there is trying to figure out where MASH is in the Bible. I'm sure it's in there somewhere. I forgot I was supposed to be doing that. <laughs> I know you're so enamored by our commercial break there. MASH equals a name, not even a verb or a noun, but a proper name. MASH. I wonder if he's named after a place. Mash. I'm going to guess, what is the Edict of Spire? <laughs> Tell you what, for using the buzzword so smoothly, I will give you uh, three-tenths of a Table Talk radio point. Dang. What am I going to do with that? Well done. Well done. Uh, my second guess is going to be... What is Esther? <laughs> is that your kind of go-to when you're pretty clueless? Yeah, yeah well, uh, yes. I'm sorry. The correct answer you're looking for was the book of Genesis, uh, oh. which is in the uh, the Genesis chapter 10, listing the nations descended from Noah. So verse 23 says, The sons of Aram, Uz, Hol, Gether, and Mash, of course. Man, that's kind of a cool name. I th- I might name my firstborn Mash. Mash, yeah. stop it. <laughs> that was pretty good. Middle name up. Mash up. <laughs> All right, enough foolishness. Let's get serious about this really awesome book called Will the Real Jesus Please Stand Up? Uh, Matt Richard, uh, what what uh, how, what got you working on this idea? It's a, it's a fascinating idea. That I mean. Uh, you, you describe in your book that you're you know, on an airplane, you're talking to someone, and all of a sudden you meet a new Jesus, a Jesus that is other than that of the scriptures. Um, did this kind of come to you as you were just carrying out conversations and realizing all the different Jesuses people come up with in their own minds? Yeah. Uh, you know, actually what happened was, uh, boy, this would have been about a year and a half ago, Chris Roseborough asked me to speak at uh, a conference that he had up in Grand Forks. And he gave me the topic. Uh, it was Jonathan Fisk and myself and Chris. We we all spoke at the conference, and we're going on the the uh, solas. And so he gave me the theme of Christ alone. And so as I was thinking about that, I'm like, well, you know, I want to really focus in on the alone part. That it's Jesus with a uh, period and not a comma. And so as I was as I was uh, uh, working on that idea of, of of being Christ alone, I kind of paused and I thought to myself, I'm like, everything I'm writing and talking about here, boy, even even. <laughs> A lot of the different denominations out there, they they would, and even some of the different sects out there, they would agree with what I'm saying. 
And it dawned on me that that what we have to do in, in talking about Christ alone, what we have to do is first define what do we mean when we say Christ. Uh, we can't just assume uh, when we say the name Jesus that we're all talking about the same Jesus. And so I kind of took a step back in the presentation and the lecture, and and I and I gave some thought. I'm like, well, what are some of the different Jesuses, uh, Jesus Christ out there that people worship? And so I, I kind of kicked around four or five or six of them, and uh, I gave the presentation, and uh, that kind of really hit hit a really kind of a fun nerve. I mean, they were really engaged with that idea of false Christ at the uh, lecture. And uh, through a series of events, that lecture was recorded, and um, it landed in the lap of somebody at Concordia Publishing House, and they gave me a call. They said, hey, you ever think about doing a book about this? And, I, and I'm like, well, boy, I guess I hadn't really thought about that. And we kicked around a little bit more, and, and I realized, well, I only had about six or seven false Christs, so I thought, well, that's not enough to have a book. So I bumped it up to about 10, and then as I was writing, I'm like, well, man, if I got 10, I might as well make, make it a dozen. <laughs> so I, I, I thought about it a little bit more, so I developed 12 false Christs, and then I thought to myself, well, instead of just teaching uh, theoretically um, or, or theologically about this, I started thinking to myself, you know, where have I met these false Christs? And so I just thought through the last 20 years, and I'm realizing, man, I've met these false Christs everywhere. And so that's where the narrative, the stories actually developed, where um, introducing these false Christs through the different circumstances and events that I, I've encountered in my life, where I've encountered these uh, false Christs. So hopefully that makes sense. The, one of the great things I've appreciated about it, Matt, is you you kind of come at these false Christs in waves. So you introduce the story. Uh, and then, um, and you and you kind of take it apart, and then you bring it back to the story, and you you take it apart some more, and and that keeps going. I, I thought that your insight, your kind of instinctive theological and pastoral insight into the into the source and and power and rationale of the false Christs was really profound. It was, uh, I, I found myself after the first couple of chapters looking for you know getting into the meat of it. In fact, getting towards the end of the chapter because. You'd you'd peel off the surface, and I'd be with you there, and then you'd peel off again, and I'm tracking, and then you'd you'd peel again, and there were the surprises. Uh, uh, how how this false Christ was operating in the conscience, how this false Christ, you know, where it came from. And so um, I, I, I thought that was one of the greatest parts of this book, as you sort of wove in your analysis of the false doctrine uh, with the um, with the people and their stories. It was it was really well done. Hmm. Well, that's, that's good to hear. You know, because part of it, though, is, you know, when you think about this, when it comes to doctrine, I mean, we definitely love our doctrine, we love our theology, uh, but doctrine and theology have a way to, they have a way of really appealing to um, our mind, getting our mind engaged. But as soon as you you transition to story, uh, story kind of grabs your, your heart, it grabs your emotions, and it pulls you into it. And so by leading each chapter with a story, my intent and purpose was to uh, introduce um, the reader to these false Christs through an encounter. Uh, and all these encounters, keep in mind, they're, they're, they're fictitious encounters based upon real-life events. And so um, in order to keep confidentiality, in order to uh, uh, you know, make sure that I'm not you know, pagan at a certain person, I, I, I changed uh, names, I changed circumstances, um, I, I uh, mixed up the, uh, the events and the stories a little bit to the point where they're, they're again, they're fictitious stories, but they're definitely based upon real-life events that happened where I met these false Christs. But the, the story, in a sense, it does, it grabs your emotion and it pulls you into it, and then it's almost like you're, you're watching a DVD and you hit pause. 
And then when I hit pause, it's like a theological commentary on what has just occurred. And so hopefully for the reader, by the time you get to the third and fourth chapter, you're going to be really paying attention to the encounters and the things that the person's saying, the, the different characters that we meet, because all of their things that they're saying, all of their comments, the way they react, um, they're all loaded. Uh, and the, the, the reader's supposed to be picking up on that, saying, now, why did they say that? And then we hit pause and we said, well, this is why they're saying how saying what they're saying and, and how they understand uh, Christianity and Jesus uh, according to their presuppositions that they have. One of the common themes that I find in the book that you're writing about is um, that, that you, you take the, the Jesus as it is presented to us in the Bible, and then people will um, have some aspect of that Jesus they don't really like, and you talk about that that uh that that somewhat um will disconnect it saying that i would like to take that part away of jesus so they take some aspect of the biblical jesus away and then they'll add another aspect of whatever else they want to add and the result is a particular false christ could you give us an example of this kind of a thing what do you what's one of the false christ that you talk about in your book well, I think a very, very good one to start off with is the uh, character Jillian in the first chapter. And, uh, you know, for those that are listening, you can actually download the first chapter for free and check out Jillian. Uh, she's she's really unique. There's I, really I, nobody listening, Matt, by the way. <laughs> oh, you Sorry. didn't tell him that before coming on? Sorry, Matt. <laughs> Just well, no, no, us. That's fine. Just us uh, here. Well, with with Jillian, uh, she's a she's a character that you meet uh, in the plane um, that I'm visiting with, and this this happens quite a bit. You know, when I'm in the plane, if I'm wearing my collar, if I'm flying on Delta, and you meet people, and you either have, you know, if I wear my collar, I usually do wear my collar when I fly because then what that does is two things: that either the person next to me looks at the collar and they're like, "Oh, I don't want to talk to you," and they put their headset on, which is fine, then you don't have to have that awkward conversation. Um, or they look at you and then they want to basically tell you their whole spiritual journey. And uh, Jillian is just one of those people where uh, you encounter in the book and she's talking and she's sharing all the stuff about her Christianity and all of her uncomfortableness growing up um, and her struggles with the Christian faith. And what she does, though, is like many people in our world, she's not comfortable with the Jesus of the Bible. And so instead of rejecting the Jesus of the Bible, which is the logical thing to do, so either you agree with him or you don't, uh, she doesn't want to reject the Jesus of the Bible because that's too uncomfortable for her, but yet she still wants to embrace him. So she strips away different aspects of Jesus, and then she adds another couple different uh, characteristics to him to create a brand new idol, a, a false Christ that exists only in her mind. And so what she does is she looks at Jesus and she says, you know what, the law that he uh, speaks is too uncomfortable for me. So she strips God's law. She she strains the law out of Jesus. And then she says, well, you know, all the times where Jesus talks about hell, boy, that's too uncomfortable. So we strain out all the talk about hell. And then we add on to this Jesus something called hedonism, which is basically the pursuit of pleasure, that uh, uh, if it makes you happy, it can't be that bad. Uh, you know, Sheryl Crow, right? You know, the old rocker Sheryl Crow, she has a song uh, that, that says, if it makes you happy, it can't be that bad. So you add that ideology onto it. So you strip away hell, you strip away the law, and then this Jesus is all about making you happy and, and applauding you in whatever you pursue and whatever you want that, that, that meets your pleasure. And ultimately, you end up not having the Jesus of the Bible, but you have a mascot. Uh, this is the false Christ that I call the mascot, who has pom-poms and cheers you on in whatever you do, and he never, ever, ever makes you feel sad or scared, but he's always about cheering you on in your sinful endeavors. 
All right, well, we need to take a, a break, but I thought after this break we could play a little game. If you're up for it, um, Pastor Richard will play Name That False Christ. And what we could do is we could make Pastor Wolfman try to name the false Christ, and then you can tell him whether he's right or wrong. I mean, looking, yeah. looking at the scoreboard, yeah. 1,900 Table Talk Radio points to three-tenths of a Table Talk Radio point. Um, I think you would be in a position to uh, tell him whether he's right or wrong in all these responses. Oh, man, I'm going to come back. <laughs> okay, well, let's see. I'll give you a, a few points for each one, Pastor Wolfman. So when we get back from this break on Table Talk Radio, we're going to play the game Name That False Christ. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Table Talk Radio, where the voice crying in the wilderness is the listener. We're going to Germany in September. Send me an email if you want more information. BeWolfMuther at gmail.com. Thanks for sticking with us to the end of this uh, show. Not usually the case, but since we have Matt Richard, author of the book, uh, Will the Real Jesus Please Stand Up is with us. We're going to be playing the game uh, Name That False Christ. So how this is going to work is I'm going to play a, a sound bite to Pastor Wolf Miller. You have to guess which false Christ it is, and I think you have a list there of the chapter names. I do. Yeah, the so. mascot, the option among many, the good teacher, the therapist, the giver of bling, the national patriot, the social justice warrior, my favorite, the moral example, the new Moses, the mystical friend, the feminized, and the teddy bear. Sounds good. So from that, from that listing, you'll have to guess which false Christ it is, and then Pastor Richard will tell you why you're wrong. Okay, here, here's <laughs> the first, here's the voice, first, first, and this is um, a YouTube video um, for just when you know these uh, what do they call those video bloggers? You know, put a camera in their face and start talking about stuff. Yeah, uh, that's what this is. Hey, that's what me and Matt do hey on on uh, World so of Everlasting. We are on a risky, risky subject, and I might lose some subscribers over it. I might gain some subscribers over it. I don't know, but these are my opinions, so take them as you may. But today we talk about religion. The gist of it is, most people want to know if you can be a Christian and be gay or bi or, you know, lesbian, transgender. Is that really what most what people want to know? I don't know. Um, and the answer is yes. I 100% think that you can be you and still look for answers in a higher power. I am not the most religious person in the world. I grew up in a Lutheran church, switched to Methodist at some point in my life, been Methodist ever since, you know, went to church when I was little, stopped going as I started growing up. I started having questions, started having things that I couldn't have answers for and things that I needed to search for on my own. And people say that you can't just keep sinning and they say that homosexuality is a sin. and. How do you get off saying that you can commit these sins because they're forgiven? Like, that's just wrong. Well, I don't see homosexuality as a sin. I don't understand. All right, there's the gist of it. So what do you think? Oh, man. Um, so what Jesus is this? This would be the Jesus who who doesn't judge. I think that's going to be part of it. Who is there to support you along the way. 
Um, I don't know what the purpose of being religious is. In other words, the, the whole question was, can you be, can you be gay and be Christian? Um, I mean, in some ways, the answer is, of course. It's like, can you be a sinner and be a Christian? Well, yeah, but it can. The, but the other question is, can you hand yourself over to sin, be defined by a sin, and remain a, question, a Christian? Can you cut yourself off from repentance? by ignoring what the Bible says about the law and be a Christian? And the answer to that is no. Uh, so it depends on your approach to your homosexuality. And as soon as you start to call it not a sin, you're really, you are really in dangerous territory uh, because you are cutting yourself off from repentance. I, I, I'm going to guess that this would be something like either the mystical, I don't know if we know enough to be the mystical friend or the therapist Maybe even the mascot, but I'm going to say that this has to do with the therapist Jesus. No, no judgment, just to help you discover yourself and so forth. What would you say, Pastor Richard? Um, I would say probably lean a little bit more towards the mascot. Um, so you know, no, no idea of hell um, or doctrine of sin, uh, doctrine of law. So you, you, you throw out the law, you throw out the doctrine of hell. Um, so you have the mascot, or, you know, the other one, too, is the the option among many. This one is all about cultural tolerance and religious pluralism. Um, you know, so he, he, he is not exclusive. Uh, this false Christ is not exclusive. So it might be kind of a combination between the mascot and the option of many. And then, you know, what, what Brian said there, too, um, you know, as far as uh, the therapist has a sense where where the therapist false Christ wants you to have a personal and higher fulfillment. Uh, so it might be a little bit of a mix of that too as well, but I, I would probably lean more the mascot probably if I were to have to choose uh, the one we talked about with Jillian already, uh, where, where you reject God's law and you reject the doctrine of hell and you just want to be happy. You just want to be, uh, you know, doing what you want to do. You don't want to have anybody interrogating you. We don't want the Lord interrogating you and calling you a sinner. Um, and that you want the uh, false Christ to just cheer you on in your endeavors. All right, I would agree with you, so I'll give Pastor Matt Richard <laughs> another you're, 500 getting, Table Talk Radio oh, points for judging that he's, so accurately. He's, he's both the participant and the judge. <laughs> it's like he's playing the game that he wrote the rules to. That reminds me of the game Catechism Commando, but this is the problem with Catechism Commando, the game that we play every year at LVR, Catechism Retreat. I made the rules to it, so that I benefit, but I've actually never won. It's a problem. <laughs> well, oh well. I would keep tweaking that. All right, here's the next clip. In 2001, that God blessed me with, and and um, so every time since the baptism of fire, every time I pray with someone, or even when I'm by myself, at times I, I the presence of God will just flood the room and the Holy Spirit just comes in like electricity, like a wave of electricity. It just runs all over my skin. It's on my scalp. It's it's just all over me. Just the presence of God, the, the holiness, the pureness, just Jesus in the room and his power and his glory. I just feel like it's the Shekinah glory and the heavens open up and, and we just step into heaven. It's just heaven. Well, a friend came over Whoa. last year. All right. So that's uh, that's the premise of the video. Table um, talk radio, rubber boots for your Holy Spirit electricity. <laughs> that's pure mysticism, which makes me want to say that this is the mystical friend 
but I, she said something about getting some sort of thing. I don't know what sort of blessing she was talking about at the beginning, but that has to do with the maybe the giver of bling Jesus. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the uh, mystical friend on this one. You know what, man? I, that's what that's what I would say too. I mean, the mystical friend. You know, it's it's. Uh, you know, <laughs> she's she's talking about the Lord being like almost like electricity. You know, and 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 uh, yeah. So definitely, I would say the mystical friend and maybe an aspect of the giver of bling too. Those are the two that I was looking at as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah so I so got man, a double oh, right. He, Evan, he's got double. double right. Yeah, that's like double points, isn't it, Brian? Mm. Yeah, so uh, let's see. What's what's one times two again? Let's see. One times two is two. So I'll give you two Table Talk radio points, Pastor Wolf, and bringing you to a total of 2.3. And because, uh, uh, Matt, you agreed with him, then you will get 500 Table Talk radio points, <laughs> bringing you to 2,900 Table Talk radio points. There's one more soundbite here. This is from a YouTube video entitled... Prayer to God to become rich and successful. Hmm. <laughs> this prayer I give especially for you, that you in this very life will become rich and successful because it is your divine right to live in abundance. Our Lord is not a Lord of sorrow. Our Lord is our blessed Father, Mother God of infinite joy. Father, Mother God? Did it say no. Father, Mother God? I think she said Almighty God. Oh. <laughs> Great need to choice, check. my dear This is friend. our Almighty Father, Mother this God. This is a new beginning in your life. I will pray for you that from this day on, many blessings come down in your life. All right. What about the prayer to become rich and successful? That's that accent reminds me like um, if you wanted to cast someone to be like a gypsy fortune teller, some <laughs> tent or something. That's a precise voice. That's not very. You hate nice. to judge someone based on their voice, but the things that she was saying are also gypsy fortune teller things. <laughs> I mean, this prosperity gospel is an absolute disaster. I mean, in every way, it's a disaster. It's a theological disaster. It's a practical disaster. It's a disaster in the conscience. It's a disaster in the family. It's a disaster for the state. It undermines everything good that God gives. Um, it it. It captures people in some sort of magic victim mentality, and I think this is going to be most especially the giver of bling Jesus that Pastor uh, Richard talks about in one, two, three, four, five, in chapter five. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. This is the giver of bling. She even she even mentioned something about not having suffering. There's just a brief uh, couple words there, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, she she is she's bought hook, line, and sinker into the giver of bling. I had to have it on mute. I was I. Boy, I was I was trying to keep from laughing, so I had to turn on mute here. My goodness, this is just it's 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 funny, but yeah, at the same time, it, it's it's sad. It is so sad that that uh, she views uh, the Lord in this manner. Um, you know, so the the problem is what happens when we don't get bling? What happens when we don't get all this prosperity? Then, then then unfortunately, we have to go to the road that maybe. Maybe that uh, we don't have enough faith uh, to conjure up uh, the Lord from giving us this bling, or we haven't prayed the prayer uh, well enough. Uh, it's just, it's absolutely wretched. Uh, God have mercy. Well, I'm afraid that's going to be all the time we have, but the book is called Will the Real Jesus Please Stand Up by Matthew Richard. Check it out. It's a great book. Helps bring a lot of clarity into the ways that we view the world, um, or the way that the world influences our view of Jesus, rather. 
and I uh, would really recommend the book. So, Pastor Matt Richard, thanks so much for coming on the program today. Wonderful. Yeah, thanks for having you guys. And thank you for joining us. A quick look at the scoreboard before we go. The <laughs> score. Uh, oh, I forgot to give you some points for that one, Pastor Wolfen. I'll give you 1.7 points. So that yeah, brings you yeah. to a total of four points. Four Table Talk Radio points to Pastor Matt Richards, 2,900 Table Talk Radio points. And that's it for us. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Who needs points when you're in Germany? <laughs> How come there's no points joke when you're down by 3,000? <laughs> Thanks for listening to this edition From of Table Talk Radio. Whoa, Table Talk I Radio is jokes. not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before ah. listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, air loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the capitalists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.